Welcome to the Expert Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening. Ramsey Pevsner is a psychiatrist in Southeast Florida, and she has been working and educating the community insofar as a topic that's not easy to talk about, and that namely is the increasing and ever-present rate of suicides amongst physicians. She's very kind to talk to us about that, and Dr. Pevsner, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. We read that the suicide rate for physicians is more than double that of the general population. It seems amazing. And that for female physicians, it is even more so. These numbers seem incredulous. There are many questions attached to this, but let's begin by organizing some of the background information. What are some of the statistics, so to speak, the epidemiologies of physicians who commit suicide? Okay, as you said, the rate for male physicians are like 1.4, 2.3 times greater than the general population, and females 2.5 to 4 times greater. About 300 to 400 doctors commit suicide a year, which is really a high number, but this is an old number, and suicide rate in general has been going up in general, so I'm sure that probably it's much higher. I was asked to talk about suicide at a hospital recently that had three doctors who committed suicide. Wow. As far as the epidemiology or factors, substance abuse can be one of them, alcohol, drugs, terminal diseases, older age in general. As people get older, they spouses, friends. And then if you've had a suicide attempt in the past, you're more likely to do another one. 1.6% die within the next 12 months. And 3.9% die within the next five years after attempting suicide. One attempt is almost like a, a predictor of sorts. Yes, yes. Hmm. Some of the other factors are genetic, which I, I did a lecture on this a long time ago, and I was really surprised. It's just not a modeling thing of family history that someone committed suicide that broke such a bit. It's actually there's a genetic factor. The Danish study found that twins even separated at birth had higher rates of suicide. There's the genetic factor as well as the modeling or if somebody in the family committed suicide, it makes it more okay to do it. Some other things like some imaging studies and um, some changes in the brain that you'll see. And also we've done some studies post-mortemly that people have less serotonin in their brains who've committed suicide. Wow. And then other factors are like life problems, childhood abuse, predisposed people to suicide. They seem to have higher cortisol levels if they've been exposed to abuse. And then you've got psychiatric and personality factors. People are bipolar because they have depression and the up mode, and they tend to be very impulsive. So when they're in their depression phase, they can be impulsive and attempt suicide. And then there's the borderline personality disorder, unstable. They're very impulsive, too. One of the things that comes to mind as you talk about this is that physicians are not any more immune. There's no special ticket, so to speak, that they have away from all the standard psychiatric and psychological problems. It's in their group, our group, as much as in any other group. I think people forget that. Yeah, plus some other characteristics that are unique to physicians. I mean, they tend to be more obsessive about things. You have to do that to get to school. Very achievement-oriented, conscientious. Sometimes they're very sensitive and uh, self-blaming. They tend to avoid crying out for help because they're the ones, they're the healer. They shouldn't be the one who have, has problems. 
And a lot of times overemphasizes professional identity and being the healer. And sometimes the outer person that, that seems very self-confident does not match the inner personality, which may be insecure or feel guilty about mistakes, and that they're overly self-reliant. And that means that they don't want to go to other people. So they're not disclosing it. Is that also right. become part of a problem insofar as perhaps state boards of medicine are asking about it and maybe they're not disclosing it for fear of some regulatory problem, but it ends up that they're not getting any treatment? Are you seeing much of that? Yes, that's a problem. In fact, the Florida Medical Association has been fighting to get some of those questions off the licensing applications about mental health. Right now, they ask if you've ever had any mental health problems in the last five years. Answer yes to that question. That opens up a whole other can of worms where they have to go and see somebody and probably go to the board with a lawyer, to the board of medicine. I've seen where people who've had some problems with mental health, where they've had to go to the board of medicine and prove that they were okay. It brings up the topic, however, that again, physicians are human. And a lot of times they will go for counseling because they've had a nasty divorce, there's been a death in the family, some situational thing that they just needed some counseling help, but that, I guess, would still qualify, perhaps, as, yes, I sought professional mental health, and that would be even um, further chilling on them just dealing with the normal ups and downs of life. Yeah, yeah. And just because they have a mental health diagnosis, like if they're depressed over something and they're on, say, medication or very stable, does not prevent them from administering good medical care. They'll be a good doctor. I think the exception is if they're doing alcohol or drugs. It's a different level. It's a different yeah. element. Yeah. Depression and maybe they're taking Prozac or something, it's not going to preclude them from being a good doctor. So agree. We also know that of late the last couple of years, there has been a tremendous amount of discussion about what is commonly referred to as physician burnout. And that has to do with the stresses of running a practice, and we could spend hours talking about that. But it takes a certain state of mind in order to deal with a lot of these things. Is that leading to more, I, I don't know if there are statistics per se, but is that leading, from what you've seen, to more serious mental illness, more serious, say, alcoholism, and ultimately leaving practice or or suiciding? Is there is there any any sense to what I've just tried to put into one question? <laughs> I don't know if there's anything per se that cause and effect studies, but it does seem to be a problem. Even the Wall Street Journal came out with an article about physicians in burnout, and we know there's you know a lot a lot of problems struggles for physicians right now. They get out of medical school with this huge debt, and then you have these unreal expectations by patients. Patients will change their doctor with their insurance change. There's no really loyalty. As everybody else's salaries keep going up, doctors keep getting cut. I think how people look at doctors are changed, too. If you look at, like, the media, doctors used to be had Dr. Welby, you know, they're a good role model. Now you see that doctors sometimes are the bad guys, <laughs> you know, in the story. We also have all this continuing education we have to do. Most people probably are not aware of the maintenance of certification, which is especially in our profession, kind of a very odious process of having to get self-assessments and so many hours and either taking a test 
And then also we've got the competition from non-physician providers right now. And recently we've had nurse practitioners and PAs. Now we're independent practice and pharmacists are now can prescribe some meds and do tests. You kind of wonder what you went to school for. This can be a very real psychological albatross around someone's head if they have not adapted to it, can accept it, or find enough joy in other aspects of medicine that it overcomes these hurdles. It's, 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 it's hard sometimes. Doctors work long hours. One daughter works like a 12-hour day, 14-hour day. And then I talked about the lack of respect from administrators. And sometimes you can call somebody and they don't call you back. And then there's the computerization. That has been a problem. The electronic medical records. What a pain in the neck that has been. It used to be like just to write a note. Now we have all these things to order a medicine. It's complicated. Sometimes the pharmacy doesn't get it. In fact, there's this law that do most of your medications electronically. And then also... Now, computerization is the only time for me because you work from home. I have to pick up my messages at home and order meds if somebody needs something. And my daughters, they're, they're working from home, too, on that computer. I feel like it steals their personal time. It does steal from the personal time. And one of the things that aggravates me so much is that my guess, but I figure 20%, 30% of my time with a patient has to do with looking at the computer screen and fulfilling what it yeah. needs and getting medication and prior authorizations, and it's not on a formulary, or they can't afford it even though they're getting good response. These are all burdens on the medical practitioner's shoulders. Do you see any movement that, how do we deal with it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. What can we do to make it better? That's a good question. What happens is people try and work harder and harder. What happens is eventually they get burned out. Because of this, we're seeing that there's a lot of movement to help doctors. There's wellness programs. The counties are developing it. I know Palm Beach County has their own wellness program where doctors can get some free sessions and call in anonymously. And then in Broward, we're trying to get ours set up. The Florida Medical Association is doing a wellness program, their annual meeting, where they're going to have some specialists come in and talk about it and probably suggest some actual things that they can do. And I think the other really important thing is that we need to help our colleagues. If somebody looks like they're struggling, we need to ask them if there's something wrong. And if you see somebody with a drug or alcohol program, you should tell them to contact PRN because they'll save their license and give them help. Professional Resource Network. For people who are not anywhere near Florida, the PRN organization has some very, very good qualities to it. Give us a very good synopsis, a brief synopsis, please, of what it is all about. I'm sure similar programs exist in other states. Yes, they're just probably different names. What it is, is it's a confidential program. The person does not go before the Board of Medicine. They're evaluated. They have a problem with drugs or alcohol. Of the new category is disruptive physicians, probably burned out. They assess them, and then they will follow up with them and make sure they have treatment. And they really have a pretty good success rate. In our state, they, for drug and alcohol, they follow up with them five years. They do random testing, and they have something like about an 80 or 90% success rate. Great. It saves their license. They don't have to go before the board, and they can continue working. One of the things that all of us in psychiatry have learned early on is that when a suicide occurs, it's probably because the person feels there are no alternatives. 
What you're talking about are alternatives to giving up, killing yourself. Then people need to, to, families need to reach, office staff needs to reach out to the doctors, colleagues and the like. Are you seeing more and more that people are accepting this? Is the medical community becoming frightened by the number of suicides? I think they're becoming frightened. We're trying to do things that each county is trying to come with the wellness program. But I still think there is a resistance for doctors because they're the healers, and many doctors treat themselves, and they have a hard time admitting that they have problems themselves. Doctors are supposed to be, they're the ones who should be, never have a problem. Not true. Not true. We even had a suicide in our county, and I'm sure there's one more. In our county, one that I know of that actually went to our medical association. We have them here in Palm Beach County. It's been some time, thank goodness, but it's not it's not immune. It's going to happen again, and we need to intervene. So if people see that their doctor is being stressed, especially if it's family, I guess. Yeah, it has to be family or colleagues. People are pretty good at putting up a good front with their patients, but when it comes to their colleagues, their families. These are uncomfortable things to talk about, but to say mandatory is to use a word that's not strong enough. I just hope that we can get a couple people who will listen to this and think about it and reach out and get help and be able to provide the good services to their to their community and to their families and to their own lives as much as possible. Very, very timely. Ramsey Pepsner is a psychiatrist in Broward County, Florida, and she has been doing some educational work on the notion of suicides amongst physicians. Dr. Pevsner, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, you're welcome.